You are currently listening to a Suffolk Free Radio podcast. The views and opinions expressed on Daily Renaissance are the views and opinions of the show personalities only and do not reflect those of Suffolk University, Suffolk Free Radio, or those at the Student Leadership and Involvement Office. Adult language may be used, so listener discretion is advised. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Daily Renaissance. My name's Anya Marengo, and I am your lovely host, as I am every single other week. And this week, we have... A very special guest. We have the one and the only drummer boy, Cormac O'Brien. Good morning. It's morning here. I don't know. It's not morning when you're listening to this. It's actually evening. It does come Pro- out. Most likely. It does I come out know. at 6 p.m. on yeah. Thursdays. But here we are. We we have two mics. Unbelievable. It Who would have thought? He is speechless. He has so few words. This shit's crazy. Um, I have not gotten any mics working, like, literally ever. That's actually a lie. I had one mic, but when I did my interview with Chloe, like, a couple episodes ago, we only had one mic, and it was kind of a pain in the ass. But Cormac and I figured out how to use two, and... It's just a miracle, It's it's outstanding. And today, we wanted to talk about drumming, because it's such a, like, it's not a niche thing, but, like, for somebody to just, like, exclusively have drumming talent. No one's ever given me this platform to do this. This is this is dangerously generous of you. I, they, they do say I'm dangerous with generosity. No one says that. Anyway, <laughs> but, yeah, basically I met Cormac at my orientation because he and I are both, are you transferred too? I am transferred, yeah. Where'd you transfer from? Sally Regina. In Newport, oh, very good school. I, you know, I applied there. Really? I did. Yeah, I almost went there, but I didn't. Yeah. Uh, fair. But Cormac and I are both transfers, and we met at orientation, and we were like, "Hey, <laughs> it's it was, not." It was very spontaneous, to be to be quite honest. It was. I think one of our um, one of my other friends came up to you and was just like, "What's your name?" And then we just started talking. Yeah. And then I started running into him everywhere on campus, and I was like, okay. Yeah, it was, very, it was getting very suspicious by, like, the third time. It this really was, like was. I was like, all right, so this friendship is meant to be. Like, fate, we are crossing paths. So let's get it going. And Cormac, he's a fan of the pod. He was like, I would love to be a guest. And I was like, amazing. You are a drummer. And I have, guys, listen, I haven't gone to one of his, like, drumming things yet. But, like, I'm gonna go. Okay. Like, you can quote me on that shit. I'm going to go. Also, I think I've told this on before. I'll probably, I might cut this out. I don't know. Yeah, like, kick back, bro. Kick back, relax. We're on the pod. True. But, yeah, so basically, like, just tell us about, like, some of, like, your background with this. Because, like, I know you talked about, like, your family is involved in this. That is right. So I grew up in that heavily musical family going back all the way to my great-grandmother and I'm sure even beyond that um she herself was widely known nationally for her fiddle playing yeah in fact actually there is fiddle playing yeah Mm -hmm. that is sick as fuck everyone heard it here fiddle playing got you the fame back in the days yeah she was all over the country she played at different festivals she was actually part of um they selected this Irish folk band uh, to play during the 1936 uh, Olympics in Berlin. Oh my they God. had a whole bunch of selection of uh, different folk groups, and she was, so she was chosen 
uh, to play in front of basically a main hall, basically in front of Hitler himself. Oh, okay. Controversial, but not the point. <laughs> but <laughs> not the point. No, that's actually that is like really cool that it was like the Olympics. Okay. Um, I was yeah. I was joking. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um. Yeah. No. He, um. She was. Yeah. She was incredibly talented in that, and so my dad and my grandpa was. They were both really inspired by that, and so they basically continued that, and so it just got passed down to me basically, and so, um, just in one way or another, for most of my life, I basically involved in playing in an instrument just because it's just what I can do. Yeah, I was gonna ask, like, is that like that's a prevalent thing in your family? Like, everyone plays like an instrument, basically. Well, for my dad, yes, um, especially because he really he really took it to heart, um, the music side of things, and so, right. um. I didn't start drumming until actually about uh, two two years ago, but I started off with the trumpet. I had a couple plans on playing guitar. Uh, when I was uh, eight, I started off with the Irish tin whistle because yeah, Irish trad is a is a big part of just our family and everything like that yeah. because they all grew up in Ireland. So um, did that for a couple of years, but um, realized that it wasn't really for me. So I actually got got started into drumming through percussion. Um, I the summer of my freshman year, I went down to a service trip in West Virginia, and one of the chaperones there, he was an alum from my high school, mm-hmm. and um, he played guitar and he sang. And so there was one night where we all got back at the ground and we had uh, just a jam session. So he brought oh, all so sick. sorts of different instruments for everyone to play if they wanted to play. Everybody was just singing along. And so it was just before it started, and he brought a cajon. And basically, for those of you who don't know what that is, is it's um, it's just a box. And you, you may have seen people play it before, but you basically sit on it, and you play the face of it just by tapping it. Um, oh. It's one of those? Yes. Oh, that's sick. I like had no idea what you're talking I didn't about even know it was called that until like a year I, I was starting to play it. And <laughs> so um so I asked him about it and he was like, Yeah, sure, if you if you wanna try it out, go ahead and uh warmed up with it for, for about five minutes and then just played on with it for the rest of the night for the rest of the session and it was uh it was amazing. And so by the time that I got back um to Boston, I basically just got one for myself and um played it for like the school band that was there and so um went with that for the next uh, about two years and so following that the drummer who was playing on the kit at the time he was a senior and he was graduating and so it was just me and him that were really like the i guess percussion or drumming of the band so right. they had no one else to be able to like fill the role so um i reached out to the principal and was like look hey if you need me to do it like i'll i'll take up the reins and i'll i'll learn it, I'll <laughs> do it. so i he, will i volunteer tribute he well he was welcome welcomed it so i basically that summer i just watched and learned and basically just taught myself i was about to say did you just like teach yourself yeah just taught myself because i didn't like i i'm not really a fan of like instruction um yeah. i understand like one-on-one like tutoring and and, and um because there, there's something to it that in, in a sense that it builds this one it builds technique and it, it gives you like a guiding path right but i think it's a lot more fun personally and i think you find your own style and i think you Definitely. can i think you can do that with any instrument and i find that if anyone wants to learn an instrument i would the one thing i would advise them is if you're going to try and do it with an instructor just try learning it for yourself for the first week 
whether it's videos on YouTube, just watching and then learning by ear. Try learning it for yourself. That's a good ass piece of advice. I like the part about like the style too. It's like you can get like classically trained and like have like the basis of like, yeah, you can have like the, I guess you call it like the technique and like you can have like all the technicalities of it, but like you kind of lose your own sound in the process. Feel is one of the most important things I find in any sort of mission, including the drums. I think, I mean, obviously mechanics go especially a long way if you're a drummer because you need those in like most circumstances, but feel even with something like the drums is right. vital, so vital. So you play here at Suffolk, right? Not formally. I just mainly practice um, yeah. just whenever I can find time out of class. I'll normally re um, reserve the room for about an hour and just. Is it just you or do you like bring people with you or does it depend? Just me mainly. Um, I just play the sort of backing tracks that I have on and headphones and anything like that. And if I, you know, if I find anyone that plays that sort of isn't doing anything as well on that day um then you know i mean i'm more than welcome but mainly for most parts it's just me i am in my emma chamberlain needing to learn the drums era so i will be pulling up um i don't know if you know that emma chamberlain like plays the drums i did not know that actually. she like That's has a, a drum set set up in her house and just like jams out once in a while like she I was watching, like, one of her, like, old, like, videos recently, and she's, like, she'll forget that they're there for, like, three months, and then she'll remember and, like, be there, like, all, like, constantly for, like, two months, and it's just, like, a repetitive cycle, and I think I need drums in my life. I, I grew up always wanting to play an instrument. I didn't, like, I didn't get to be in band because, like... Why do you have to pay to be in middle school band? Can we talk about that? Yes. What is up with that? No one needs that. So my, my mom and I were like, hell no, like we're not paying to be in band. So like I did the chorus, okay, I was the vocals. I was the That's vocals. Good. Um was in some plays, went to theater camp, okay, I had my phase. Um it was fantastic. Don't ever let anyone tell you that your theater phase is bad because it's fantastic. It's such a and it's such a random niche piece of information that you can just throw out people. Like, did you have any idea that I had a theater phase? That's that's a fair point, actually. Exactly, I was right, but um, I never got to play an instrument, so I I was like kind of self-taught piano for a while, like YouTube videos. Like, if I if I heard a song that sounded like it had like somewhat like of an easy like piano like composition in the back, I would just like teach myself. And it was usually, like, auditory. I didn't, like, I, I know, like, the keys, but, like, I didn't, I don't know. Basically, point of this is I developed a little bit of my own style, too, when I was doing that. Mm -hmm. Because, like, I was able to teach myself. So I definitely, like, related to that a lot when you said that. And, like, I don't know the logistics of drums and, like, how they work. Like, I, I don't know. So it's like with any instrument, you know what I mean? Like, you, you when you find your own style, you have that own feel and it sort of works in a way of that you'll be able to tell if someone's like a unique drummer if you can tell just by within the first five seconds of how they use rudiments of how they implement different parts of the kit into how they play um sort of their di their different like patterns and all that it's just about recognizing patterns recognizing um how they play and why they play that way and because of course punk drumming is different from um say jazz drumming uh, which is different from pop rock which is different from all all sorts of 
schools of thought, I guess. Which is interesting because, like, you always think, like, oh, it just sounds the same. Like, you hear, like, yeah. I feel like you hear, like, it personally, like, mm-hmm. I don't know the logistics of drumming. So, mm-hmm. like, if I hear it, like, in the song, I'm just like, oh, it's the drums. Yeah. And, like, they just get played. And that goes not even from the artist himself, but to actually the kid. Because, I mean, like, I, to be honest, I'm very clueless about when it comes to kids and sort of when sort of each each sort of I guess material about it but there is a massive difference in that as well hmm. interesting each, yeah mm-hmm. I guess it's no different from like an electric guitar versus like right exactly different guitar. different like constructions of like electric guitars and like how they're like made and arranged yeah and everything. acoustic mm-hmm. stuff like that yeah and that that just like got me thinking about like how clueless I really am like I did not know there was like multiple drums like oh my what trust me I'm the perspective that I go off of when I talk about these things is that I come from sort of a background of listening to Irish trad, so there's a lot of percussion in my perspective, but also a lot, so a lot of classic rock, so 60s, 70s. Yeah, so give us some of that. Let give us some recommendations, please. So, one band that's really been um, a big part of my life, especially growing up, was Fleetwood Mac. So, for oh a lot God. of my listening, I was mixed so Fleetwood. hoping you would say that. Yes. I love Fleetwood Mac. And the thing is, is that he doesn't really get mentioned often, but with especially Fleetwood is that he's very simple in what he does. Are you talking about their drummer? Yes. Yeah. Mick Fleetwood. He, um, he's very simple in what he does, but he's so effective at using the space that he's given. Um, and the biggest song that really comes to mind for me is that he's able to make the most out of it is probably The Chain. I don't think I've heard that one, but the chain by Fleetwood Mac. I'll have I'll add it to the playlist. I can't play it if here. You can, if you can, it's copyrighted. But <laughs> if you can focus on what and how he plays and how his sound contributes to, especially um, the part just before the solo. True. Um, when the sort the guitar solo when it wails out, he his sound really contributes to that build up and then the breaking out. I think of that sound that that makes me think about just like the base of songs in general and yeah. like how like the drums obviously like kind of is that because like I feel like the drums kind of determine like I'll say it this way like the excitement of a song oh yeah because it's like if they're really quiet and like soft pace it's like kind of in like a more like calm kind of way but then all of a sudden they start fucking pounding on it and that's when the beat drops and it's like oh my god like shit's going crazy they contribute to the melody in ways that like even like I myself like so, like don't even see at first until you really listen back and you're right. like and I mean Neil Peart's just the biggest example of this uh, from Rush probably many consider him to be the greatest of all time really um yeah it's him him John Bonham of Led Zeppelin and uh, Buddy Rich who is uh, those are the three that I find a lot of people say Damn. um but one. Another song that really comes to mind for me is um, Spirit of the Radio. Um, Who's that by? Rush. Oh, okay. And um, his technicality especially. Um, he just, he had it all, basically, in terms of technicality, being able to find the perfect pockets to play within the melody. Mm-hmm. And both him and John Bonham, personally, I think that Bonham was the greatest of right. them all. But... Um, especially with Neil Peart, I think. And his influence, again, 
like we said beforehand on looking back and actually listening to sort of the little nuances that other drummers put into their playing style you can see Pierre has influenced so many and that kind of leads me into a quick movie connection to all of this. Oh, have you seen yes. this movie? Many, many times. And stereotypically, <laughs> it is one of my favorite movies, but not just simply because of the fact that it is. So such a, but it, it's it's such a good movie in general. So to, to name drop the movie, we're talking about Whiplash with Miles Teller. And um, who's the other guy? Where's the cast? I forget his name, but I think he's another famous guy. Oh, J.K. Simmons. Yes. With Miles Teller and J.K. Simmons, and it's about, like, a jazz drummer who's, like, trying to, like, work his way up. And the movie is kind of twisted. Like, it's very, like, tense. Well, it says tense, abusive, and inspiring, (laughs) which are three incredibly weird adjectives to describe, like, (laughs) for a movie. But I think think it's, like, a, a good example of, like, I feel like often you don't see movies of, like, a drummer trying to make it. I feel like they're very stereotypically in the background mm-hmm. and their contributions aren't like highlighted as much. Mm-hmm. Would you agree with me there? Uh yes. Well, with jazz drumming with jazz drumming especially, because I think there's almost sort of this again, it's sort of a stereotype, I guess, but there's sort of this shift among how jazz drummers see the rest of the world as drummers and how the rest of the world see jazz drummers because with jazz drumming especially um there is this heavy heavy sense of technicality there in where rudiments are at the basis of all basis of almost any sort of playing whereas if you look at the rest of the environment you go into rock drumming you'll see that a lot of those guys just taught themselves you yeah. know like Ringo Starr you look at Ringo Starr you look um you look at Pink Floyd's drummer mm-hmm. like they all taught themselves and there's almost that sense of like imperfectness yeah. almost like like oh you like <laughs> you don't play with like all the rudiments and all that stuff like you're not like exactly on tempo but there's also that human element which I think is important but anyways going no that's so true going back to the point of jazz drumming though in the sense of that um it's very vital especially in i would say this um this day and age especially considering the movie came out not so long ago 2014 ish yeah yeah so not long ago um that there's still that sort of heavy sense of technicality and with that comes very it becomes very strict almost it becomes very binding and i think that it's very good this movie does a very good job in sort of really emphasizing that because they give Simmons a very, very almost psychotic natured character to really bound off of that and to really expose sort of um, that like sometimes of teaching like the flaws of teaching on a like one-on-one instructor basis psychological complexities of it yeah in in that sense i guess um because at the end of the day it's sort of it is instructing that's that's what it is and especially in jazz drumming where you have to be on time you have to be exactly on tempo you have to get the rudiments just right it's it's astounding how they did they all put it together yeah, I think that movie's like a really like raw example. Oh, of it's like very raw. Of not only what well what someone will put themselves through for something like that, but also like like the instruction aspect of it, like what what people are willing to just like put other people through. 
Like, it's like, music is, I always, like, I always say, like, music is dangerous. And, like, and I mean that in, like, so many different ways. I mean it in a way of, like, like, it's, like, so amazing that it, like, can, like, overtake your life. And I mean it in a way that it's, like, dangerous as in, like, it's, like, it's, like, a challenge for yourself. Like, you, like, and it's also dangerous in the sense of, like, it can, like, kill you. Like, it, like, you can put yourself through so much for it. And, like, this is, I think, I think it's amazing. I think the best things in life you can correlate the word dangerous to. I think what the movie does a really good job of exposing, especially in the story of that scene as well, as um, the fact that now he's he's so pressured to make each song that he plays perfect and how Simmons um, really, really just like throws pressure on Teller to make every single note perfect, but it really drives him away from what I think the whole art is all about and that right. it's supposed to be human. It's supposed to be filled with sort of those little pockets of like off tempo like and not to say that you know what i mean you can just stroll into a studio and then just like you know what i mean like bang toms together and then hit the snare and then be completely off tempo and then be or, like oh i just made incredibly art. famous yeah, from that. <laughs> right yeah like 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 that that's not that's not what i'm saying but what i'm saying is that there is room for it to be human you know what i mean it doesn't have to be all seem like it's constructed from like it's almost robotic. I think that's the most important aspect is yeah. like that one imperfection. Sometimes it can like make or break a song in a way that like sometimes you can have an imperfection sounds like shit, mm-hmm. but you can hit something and it could make it sound so good. That slight note change, mm-hmm. like c- it can line up perfectly with wherever like like a singer is or with where like another part of like the band is. And I feel like it can add so much to a song. That's why Ringo Starr was so great. That's why he's so influential. Because he he was, he sort of brought that human element to it. Because he taught himself. He taught himself as well. And he's left-handed as well. What? Yeah. Shout out to you lefties. You listening right now, you're like, nice. <laughs> Represent. Represent. But yeah, so I'm going to be making a playlist of all the songs that... Cormac just threw at you with a bunch of really cool drummers and try and like listen for that like like we were talking about like it's not something that you just notice like right off the bat it's it's not something you're just gonna like hear like you really have to like zone in so if you're wearing your airpod max turn the fucking noise cancellation on okay do it i know it like messes with your brain like mine actually like mess with my brain don't do that but Put your AirPods in, put your headphones in, and, like, listen to, like, the percussion. Because that is, like, a huge basis of the song. And, like, you could be missing a note. There's often times that... There's even one massive example that I'll point out that I only just found out a while back. And it really hit me. Is that th- there can be some parts that are just exactly the same. That are, like, taken directly from inspiration. I would go back to Neil, Pe- Neil Peart. And if you go into the spirit of the radio and you go into about 55 seconds in you'll get this certain um you'll get this rhythm where he's on he's on the um ride on on the bell basically and he's doing this backbeat but you'll find that if you go into the Foo Fighters and if you guys know the Foo Fighters you'll know uh the legendary Taylor Hawkins yes um if you go to the song Rope on the album Wasting Light and you go to about a minute and 10 seconds in you'll find that that is the actually the exact Almost the exact same backbeat. Damn. That is on the spirit of the radio. 
if you look at, if you like listen to them like side by side like before and after you will yeah. find that it's almost the exact same with ve- with s- very slight differences everything is connected is what i'm saying it's true <laughs> it's true but yeah so basically what i'm hoping people will take away from this episode this week with the incredibly knowledgeable and talented Cormac O'Brien is that like you need to pay attention when you're listening to music. That's the thing is that you find I mean obviously like we all listen to we all listen to stuff but if you if you really take the time and you sort of point little things out like even like even like in, a, in like sort of a, a guitar riff or even something like that and you sort of listen to it again and again and you ask yourself well, why did they play it that way? Exactly why like did they write it, it enhances way? the experience once you like not only can listen to it and like it, but you understand it. Exactly. You can like put yourself in their shoes and be like, okay, like I, I get like why this happened. There's little nuances that you sort of that sort of make you appreciate it more, which is something which is something special. Exactly. So that's what we want to leave you with this week. Cormac, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. It, it has been a pleasure. And I will see everybody next Thursday. Say goodbye, Cormac. It's fun seeing y'all. Take care. Peace.